Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention, along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin. Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. And hello there, and welcome to Frankie Sense and More. I am your host, Frankie Picasso, and today do we ever have a wonderful show for you. But first, I have an announcement. If you're a loyal listener to Frankie Sense, then you will remember a friend of mine, the Capuchin monkey named Pockets Warhol. He's an artist. Yeah, like me. Well, the Wizard of Oz Halloween Charity Event 2017, October 21st, this year's third annual Wizard of Oz-inspired Halloween Charity Benefit is going to benefit Storybook Farm Primate Sanctuary, which is where Pockets and Darwin, the infamous Mackay, who was found roaming around Ikea parking lot dressed in clothes and creating havoc, well, Storybook Farm provides a permanent home for its 19 primate residents who are retiring from biomedical research, zoos, universities, pet stores, and private homes. So it's a really important event. It is going to be the very first vegan social event held by Love Wild, Love Free. Uh, flying monkeys are going to be uh, around the room. There's going to be a ba- um, balloon raffle, candy warhol, uh, bangs and blush, and live performances featuring the none other than Alexandria Beck of Universe of Ali. And Alexandria, she's an amazing woman. She's going to be coming on the show in about two weeks. Uh, she was... She's an opera singer and a just absolutely gorgeous young lady. She has sung in, in, uh, in front of royalty, heads of state. She opened the first Vancouver Olympic venue, and she sings in Harrods Department Store. It's so cool. Uh, just as, a, as the shoppers go by, she's sitting there singing arias. So if you're interested, go to info at lovewildlovefree.com for your tickets for the Wizard of Oz. And the benefit, again, is Storybook Farm Primate Sanctuary. Well, today's guests are amazing, of course. We have Kim O'Neill and Craig Dubecki. Now, they're both authors, and today we will speak to them both about their new book releases. I love how the universe works in its synchronicity, because Kim is from California and Craig is from Canada, and yet both have written about an experience where a bad breakup rendered them let's say, in bad shape. Today, both are thriving, and we are going to hear all about it in just a moment. Now, Kim O'Neill is a former crime analyst, already she's intriguing, right, who is also a speaker, trainer, youth mentor, author, empowerment coach, and internet radio host who is certified with both the ICF as a and as a law of attraction coach. She's also a Reiki master practitioner, infinite possibility trainer, and her radio show Every Day is a New Day can be found on BBS. Now, Kim, she uh, commonly works with youth and job seekers and adults who struggle to understand the value of who they innately are. And while Kim, the coach, is also, you know, she's human, right? So she's naturally optimistic and positive, but it was through multiple breakdowns in her own life that led her to reach discover and reclaim who she innately is so overcoming negative self-talk learning to hear and trust her own intuition and embracing the fact that it's her inner world that creates her outer world are some of the elements that led kim to rebuild the foundation of her life from the inside out and it's what makes her such a terrific coach now in 2017 she authored the first edition of positive-minded people 
inspiring stories of overcoming adversity for living a more positive life. Let's welcome Kim. Hello, Kim. Welcome. Hi, Frankie. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to say it out to Craig that if you have any questions, Craig, feel free to to also chime in and, and speak to Kim uh, during the show whenever you want. You got it. And vice versa. Um, Hi, Craig. <laughs> Hi, Kim. Hi, <laughs> nice awesome. Yeah, same with you. <laughs> I definitely want to talk about, you know, your new book, Positive-Minded People. Um, it's it's also an anthology. But I want, I want you to tell us about being a crime analyst first, because I think that it might be really uh, instrumental in how you coach and maybe what you write about. You know what? I, I, first, let me just say thank you so much for acknowledging today that, yes, me and Craig are thriving. And... Um, and it's so interesting the journeys that life can take us on. So yes, I, you know, I never initially set out to be a crime analyst, but it was interesting how life led me there, and it really spoke to a lot of my natural curiosities and uh, problem solving and research abilities and, and skills. So. I had worked with the police department um, prior to this job, and uh, then this job came open. So it was kind of like you know I had I had been there before, and I had not had an opportunity to go back, and. I never expected the personal journey it led me on, though. So it's interesting that you're asking about this um, because it absolutely does speak to the clients that I tend to attract and am able to support. So, in a nutshell, working as a crime analyst, I mean, you're you're me. I was constantly ingesting a lot of negative information, a lot of a lot of crime reports. I mean, that was really the, the heart of what I did, is reading crime reports left and right every day, every day, every day. Um, and then there was this whole, you know, researching information and and uh, doing maps. I love maps. I've always loved maps. Um, but, you know, really at the heart of it, though, was just absorbing this, this negative energy and trying to, um, you know, dig deeper within all of it. So I was constantly immersed in crime and the people I mean I think the thing that stood out most for me was um it's it's not so I mean crime happens every day and I really got to see how that's so the truth um but what really struck me was when I would see crimes that were committed by youth Mm -hmm. And there were a few in particular reports that I read that really, like, I literally had to stop because, like, I just wanted to cry because it it, it makes me think, how did this per- how did this kid, you know, get to this place where they think this, that this is okay and that that to them this is already a way of life because a lot of these kids were repeat offenders and and anyway, so just so that journey um, combined with you know I was also already a youth mentor at that time, um, it, it just, it really got me to this place where I had to dig deeper within myself. I was, I was still in the midst of um, being on my own coaching journey of, you know, learning about coaching and all the stuff when I first started that job. And so going deeper within myself, learning about my own emotions, and then being faced every day with all this negative energy, you know, it did allow me to find a space within myself where I could maintain a level, um, you know, a level head, but also center and balance within myself in the midst of this negative energy around me. Um, 
How did you shake it off, Kim? How did you shake off all that negative energy? Like, you know, I mean, it, it attaches to you and it comes home with you. So how did you, how did you shake that off? You know what? It, so I got in the habit of taking breaks. I got in the habit of grounding myself. I, um, I had to use my spiritual tools. The things that I've been learning and practicing over the years, I really had to use those more. So meditation, um, shaking it off, I had to, you know, I had to re- remind myself that, you know, I've been through things that other people probably wouldn't want from me either. And we all go through things and there's something to learn from it. So I had to remind myself that, okay, you know, these, you know, these these kids, you know, I still hold hope for them, and I, I, you know, I don't believe this is the end for them, and and they will learn from it. You know, so I kind of had to just sort of take this this higher perspective, you could say, and and just go, okay, this is going to be part of part of their story, and um, and I would just, you know, I would I would like send them love through the computer sometimes. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you about um, your book. Now, have either of you seen a, a show that started last year? It's back on its second season called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Have ever, any of you seen that show? Oh, I've seen a little bit of it. It is hilarious. Anyway, it's about a girl. She's a lawyer from New York who, um, when she was 15 years old, fell in love with this boy at summer camp. When she and and she sees him on the streets of New York after like 15, 20 years, and she decides she she's like, oh my god, there he is, and she becomes a stalker and moves to California and tries to get him back. Well. She kind of reminded me a little bit about you, Kim, from your chapter. If I, oh, if no. I could just read a little, a little piece of it. Yeah. You, you, you wrote, uh, you know them, those people, they get so attached and obsessed in a relationship that they basically go crazy. They call every five seconds, even though the other person didn't pick up the first ten times. They call in the middle of the night while you're at work, lunch breaks, weekends, don't stop until you answer. They cry incessantly and make claims of feeling on the brink of suicide. They do not respond well to a breakup, and they turn into someone you've never even seen before, and you didn't know you were that person how the heck did this happen (laughs) get me out of here make this person stop except this person is you so how do you make yourself stop oh my my goodness yeah so great i'm sorry i mean it's painful at the time but very funny now oh well thank you and yes i can laugh at it now um what was the question? <laughs> the, question is, the question really is, as someone who is as smart as you with all the tools that you have, how did you go to the crazy space? Uh, it's because I didn't have a stable foundation within me as a person um, to, be, to begin with. And I, later, uh, further on in the chapter, I talk about, you know, that situation led me to just a complete breakdown within myself, which was an opportunity for me to create a stronger foundation, uh, a deeper relationship with myself. And that came through, you know, wiping the slate clean and feeling like I'm completely empty and I don't know where else to go. And anyway, that's kind of a, you know, so that led me to... I think Craig can identify with that. Absolutely. I look forward to hearing Craig's story, too. I don't want to be alone. Oh, you're going to hear his story. Don't worry. Well, you're not alone. (laughs) Thank you, Craig. Well, we're not alone. We, uh, how many minutes to our break there, Ben? I think I got a note there for a couple of minutes. I'm not sure where we're at right now, but it goes so fast sometimes. Because um, I, I, I don't want to start on a new thing before we go to an old thing. But, okay. Can I ask one more thing, had, Frankie? Pardon? Can I have one more thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say that it was, it was years of patching up old hurt and anger that allowed me to, you know, that created the space where I didn't have 
the strong foundation already. So when all of that just kind of came erupting, then it was like, okay, we have nowhere else to go, and we can start cleaning. So that's- I want to go to this commercial break with this with this another quote from your from your book. Um, your chapter. Somewhere amongst the definitions of codependency, dismissive attachment theory, and anxious ambivalent attachment theory is where the relationship insecurity I developed can be understood. That is a mouthful. Wow. That, that is, is a mouthful. <laughs> I want to get that on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, and, and, you know, been there, done that. How's that? Oh man. Yeah, we're gonna go to a commercial break. My guest today is Kim O'Neill, Craig Dubecki. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. You are listening to Frankie Sense and More. Please don't go anywhere because we'll be right back, and we got lots more for you. Heck no. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and More will be right back after we pay the bills. A few years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. One simple strategy for healthy, low-calorie eating is to pack your lunch instead of eating out. When you planned your lunch, you can control what you were eating and how much. Going to a restaurant can be disastrous for someone trying to lose weight or maintaining their present weight. Even choices like Caesar salad can be as much as 600 calories. And some Asian dishes like sweet and sour chicken can be well over 500 calories. You can put together a lunch that is satisfying for less than 300 calories. Harvard Medical School states that packing your lunch makes healthy food choices readily available, helps you curb portion sizes, and saves you money. You can pack leftovers from the night before and add fresh veggies and fruit. Keep it healthy and delicious. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. And we're back at Frankie Sensen Moore. And I'm going to introduce you to my other guest, Craig DeBecky. He is the representative of the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Waterloo Region Suicide Prevention Council, the Grand River Hospital Legacy through Exonify in Waterloo, Ontario. And he's a performing musician, Toastmaster, public speaker, and he's connected to the Public Speakers Association out of Texas. And he is a published best-selling author of So You Just Want to Be a Rock Star. And also the best-selling anthology. Dreaming Big, Dreaming Bold, Volume 3, with a second anthology sharing due out in December 2017. Wow. Now, Craig has created and is the owner of the Willy Wig Principle. Oh, I got it, Craig. You uh, got Willy it. Look is where you go. A principle that helps people find their own personal power 
Power and Way Through Life. He lives in Kitchener, Ontario, as opposed to Kim, who lives in California. (laughs) (laughs) There's an Ontario in California. Yeah, there is. And he's a very proud father of Blair, Maria, and Andrea, and... his his best friend being uh, went over the Rainbow Bridge, but he is remembered yes. and featured on the cover of your book. So you want to be a rock star. Yeah. That's right. Yay. So, Craig, He's when immortal. you first, Kim, this book is 564 pages. Oh, my and goodness. And when Craig first handed me the book, he said, um, here you go. Here's a paperweight for you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, the book yeah, is- it'll keep a number of papers down in a... Uh... In Almost hurricane wind. Yeah, it will. But you know what? It's unique. It's intriguing. It's an incredibly built book. Um, you know, you've really done an amazing job and a very unique job of of writing. Now, you utilize music as a score for your life, which is very cool. And you employed the gods in the universe uh, as the overview for each situation, kind of like a, a, a coaching moment uh, of every chapter that yes. we encounter. And I think you used five different fonts to differentiate from your warnings and dreams and storytelling and life and coaching. Reflection, and all that. exactly. And um, so tell us, you know, where did this concept come from? It was very cool. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on here and, and to being on here with you too, Kim. Uh, it's a true pleasure. You know, we all, everybody goes through, thank, you use the word things. I'll say everybody goes through their own shit in, in life. Yep. And, you know, it's all relative. And, you know, you can always say that. Well, it could always be worse. People have gone through worse, but it, it, it becomes very personal when you're going through it. And I'd gone, I'd gone through so much crap in my life, and, and I would describe, you know, some of the stories to friends and just even strangers, and, and repeatedly they said, God, that sounds like a movie. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it should be a movie. And, that, and then I got to thinking, what, when I was... When I was, um, like, probably at my darkest, which would have been just after the divorce, 2001, um, I, I came very, very close to suicide. Mm-hmm. And then start rebuilding my life, and shit continues to happen. I thought, you know what? I've always wanted to be a writer. I've always wanted to be a musician. I've always wanted to be a public speaker. Mm-hmm. So I started to do that, and I started writing this book. And and I thought, you know, we all want to be rock stars when we're coming out of school. It right. has nothing to be about. It has nothing literally to be uh, a rock like star. A rock star, but a, a even though I am life. a musician, and right. even though I portray that a little bit on the cover, it's we we want to rock in our own world. Yeah. And and it's the roller coaster. So I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to take people on an adventure because my life has been an adventure. Now it's not just me. This this is uh, fiction, nonfiction. It, it has some of me. It has some of other people, other stories that I've heard. Oh. And okay. and um. So I thought, did you okay. feel purged after writing it? Did you feel well? Yeah, actually, that that was an interesting process because it wasn't meant as a healing thing. I, I actually I wanted to 
help people. I thought, God, there's other people that are going to, that feel like me. There's other people that feel worse. There's people that take their lives. They've got to be feeling all alone. Mm -hmm. I understand the psychology here. So I'm going to let them know that they're not alone. So I, I started with the idea of helping people. And then, you know, I get to certain places and I, I started laughing as I told the story, especially if it was about me. And it became a bit of a purge there, a bit of a cleanse. Yeah. And, and by the time I was finished with it, I, I felt great. I, uh, you know, yeah, I've, I've shared a number of things here, but I know that I've touched on so many other things that I think a lot of people will relate to. And music is universal. Sure. I, I wanted to make it musical, so that's where, you know, you've got 70 chapters. Each chapter is titled after the name of a song. You have part of the song strategically placed within the chapter to embellish what is happening in that chapter as you follow the main character, Shane. Uh, and then, as you noted, uh, the collective, uh, there, there's a bit of a narration. Uh, it's a combination of Greek mythology here. It's Aeolus, who's the god of wind in Greek mythology. Uh, that's where music starts from, is, is wind going through landforms and making the hums and the noises. Mm -hmm. uh, that's actually called the Aeolian vibration. So you have Aeolus, Apollo, the Muses, all combining there to kind of be a a, a, um, a viewer of your a life. Viewer, um, uh, what's the word? A um, foreshadowing too. They, a foreshadowing, exactly. Yes. Yeah, they did that. That was very cool. I like that a lot. So just to give readers an idea, you you were Shane in the book was married what seventeen years to a woman who had cheated almost all of them, unbeknownst to her husband. Yes. Is that, is that true? Yeah. And in, in, in a very disturbing way. Yes. And um, like Kim, <laughs> like you mentioned that you got to a place of, of, you know, suicide. Like it got that bad that everything just combined just really made you, uh, you were worried for your children and, and you were worried about so many things. Um and, and, of course, you, you were kind of a victim of abuse, too, because she kept calling you stupid and dumb, and I'll, I don't know how much of that was true. But she kept, you know... Uh, well, def definitely mental and emotional abuse. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's looked at as highly as anything else in the in yeah. courts. I'm just curious. I have a question now for Kim, because it just came to me. Is there a song that went with your relationship? Oh. Um, like, maybe or not, you think of that guy right away. You know what, maybe that song, I don't remember the title, but um, one of the nicknames that he, you know, the guy in my story and I, um, one of the nicknames we had for each other was Boo. So when that song came out about yeah. You're My Boo or whatever, that song. I don't know okay. why. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, music is so strong and it takes you back right away to a relationship, right? Or a yeah. place and oh yeah that's it that's it right there it's, it's very interesting so i mean it's, i i don't know how much of your book is is like you just said you know some of it's true some of it's not true some of it's taken a compilation of other people's stories put in there but this yes. this main character shane really um it's almost like pilgrim's progress in a way like he went on this journey you know you're you're exactly right i've had people come up to me and and mention that book and, really? and I, i've never wow. read it I, i've not it, it's a classic 
I know I know very little about it. Other than that, I haven't read it. But yeah, there's been a lot of comparisons. Well, it's not about a, a you know a guy who wants to be who's going to be a professional baseball player and doesn't make it. But right, <laughs> but that it, was it, true. Yeah. That okay, was, that's very yeah. cool. So you almost yeah. got got. Um, drafted by the Blue Jays. That's very cool. I I tried out for the Blue Jays. That was my goal. I wanted to be professional baseball. (laughs) And uh, I I was one of the most feared pitchers. Wow. I think we just lost Craig there for a moment. Kim, are you still with us? Oh, there you are. You're back. I'm still here. Okay. And did either of, I know, I think I know the answer for you, Craig, but did either of you indulge in any mood-altering Drugs, Uh, alcohol, during the time that you were stressed? I'll answer that first. Um, Not really, because I didn't want to do anything, ingest anything. I just was like this miserable shell of a person at the time. Um, I stopped eating. Oh, you stopped eating? No, I I didn't really eat either. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I lost a bunch of weight. I, yeah. Um, but I would say, will say that it was so hard for me to sleep that I started looking at, you know, well, what can help me sleep? So I started considering taking no-dose, or no, not no-dose, there's um, some other pills that can help you, sleeping pills. Sure. And then I, I looked at melatonin and things of that sort, but nothing, nothing, you know, illegal. Yeah. 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 Uh, but people typically, you know, I'm, I'm an emotional eater. I'm a stress eater. And my mother was like you, Kim. She stopped eating when she was stressed. Craig? Yeah. Emotional eating, uh-huh. especially at nighttime. And, yeah, I, I went into alcohol pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, there were... There, there were some tough times there. I've never touched any drugs, uh, mm-hmm. never in my life. But the alcohol and the and the eating have have been a struggle. And even the snacking, you know, I'm I'm on my own, so the sure. I got I got to make sure I have healthy snacks all prepared. Uh, we we get kind of in our own paradigm there, and and we break try and break out of it. But it, it's an ongoing challenge, you know. I'm even though I've I'm I'm rocking in my world with what I'm doing. There's that doesn't mean everything's perfect. I I still have to be cognizant of of things and and work on things. Yeah. Now, did you find? I mean, looking back now, um, if you were talking to somebody who came to you, cheek hiking, you know, going through all the same stuff as you, did the alcohol help you? Did the heavy drinking help you? Well, the al- the alcohol was it? An es- it was an escape. It uh-huh. was like I just I just got tired of thinking of things so much because my, my, my conscious mind, my subconscious mind are wide open and, and I can't compartmentalize things. Mm-hmm. So it wears me down. It, it depressed me. I, I was in clinical depression. And, but before that I would just go to alcohol, just to the quote, the cliche saying, numb the pain. Right. And, and just escape from my own feelings, from my own thoughts that I had a hard time controlling. I was just wondering if it did help. You know, do, do you think it helped or uh, it the helped, process? Uh, or? Maybe it helped in that moment. Right. The next day it didn't help. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. and in, the long, in the long run, 
like three years ago, I had quadruple bypass. Both I have to stop collapsed. you there because we're going to go to, yeah, we're going to talk about that. I want to talk about yeah. the effects of that. We're going to go sure. to commercial break in just a moment. Um, and, and Kim, feel free to, you know, jump in and ask anything of Craig that you want to, that you want to ask as a coach or just another human being. We are going to commercial break. You're listening to Frankie Sense and more Kim O'Neill. Craig DeBecky is my guest today and you are our listeners. Thanks for doing that. Getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's Did Scotch tape originate in Scotland? Nope. The popular gift wrapping tape was actually developed right here in the United States. In 1926, the Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company, 3M, was being a bit rapacious, trying to save a little scratch or money, and started using a cheaper adhesive on their sticky tape. A Detroit automaker ordered some of this newer, cheaper tape to use for spray-painting auto bodies. But the automaker complained because the tape was scotch, a politically incorrect word that meant cheap or stingy. While the tape didn't have the adhesion to satisfy the automaker, it was hardly a Jifu jet. That's an unnecessary thing. It had many other uses, as we all know. So the tape was kept in production, and the name Scotch just stuck. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's One of my favorite books is called Forgotten English by author Jeffrey Kaser, who looks at the origins and histories of the language. For example, take the term Fritterbohn. That's an old English expression, probably borrowed from German, that means fleeting weeks and refers to what we call a honeymoon. A fribbler is a guy who doesn't ever make it to the honeymoon. The word fribbler comes from the 18th century and refers to a man who is in love with a woman but just won't commit to marriage. Chaucer coined the term pigasnia, which comes from the phrase pig's eye to mean sweetheart. Hey guys, why don't you try that one and your girlfriend and see how it goes. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. And we are back. And just before we left for a commercial break, Craig, you were, you know, you kind of jumped through something very serious, like flippantly, um, but you had a triple heart bypass. Uh, Quadruple. Quadruple bypass, and because your lung collapsed, did you say? No, I had um, June of 2014. I had quadruple bypass, and because I had angina, I didn't have a heart attack. But uh-huh. but um, three of my prime arteries were almost totally blocked. Holy moly! Wow. And a fourth one was about 70% blocked. And so they open heart, they, they did the artery stuff, and then they put me back, and I'm in, recover, in recovery. And about an hour later, the alarms went off, and they had to set a speed record for doing six x-rays to determine both my lungs had collapsed. Oh, so my that, goodness. That can be fatal. Um, yeah, so I got to breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they had I to stick a, laugh. Yeah, they had to. They had, I can laugh at it now. Yes, yeah. but uh, stick a tube into my chest. Sure. Uh, so I, I, I went through that. Um, That's huge, major life altering. Yeah. So w- when you talk about the alcohol, you know the escaping. Yeah. 
Right. Like we are a human machine and I, I, I speak on the human machine and just like any machine, you know, depending on the fuel that you put into it, your machine is going to operate a certain way over length of time. So ju just like the body, like yeah. if, if, if I keep putting in, you know, high levels of alcohol, then it has to, it, scientifically, it will take a toll, things will weaken, mm -hmm. uh, things will break down, and fortunately, they can fix a lot of it, but we only have one machine, we, they, yes. they can't replace the body, so what we have to... Uh, Is this in your people, family? A lot what, of people did, do, did it. no, it's, it's not hereditary. Not at all. Uh, my, my father died of a massive heart attack, but at 89. So sure. what, what, when they ask you, you know, is there any history, that's if it's before the age of 55. Sure, yeah. So, so how are you, you know, feeling? Stress, stress, and yeah, lifestyle. Stress. Those are the two things that I can control, and I didn't do a good job of it. And I, and I really go into that in my book. I t I, I, uh, there's a lot of, like, there are stories of Shane just getting wasted on his own in that book yeah. and hardly being able to climb up the stairs. That I've been there. Yeah. I've, and I've he's very there. stressed out. I mean, you could tell he's very, very stressed out. I thought he was going to have a heart attack in the book, to tell you the truth. But so what do you do now to relieve your stress? That's Willy Wig. Willy Wig. And, and you said that so well. So Thank you. I, I learned, yeah, I have that, I believe in it so much that I have it trademarked. Where you look is where you go. And, and Kim, you kind of talked a little bit with Frankie about this. You know, if, if you look at the fear, if you look at the problems, you become the fear. You become the problems because that is what you're looking at. Yeah. So it's just like... It, How do you spell that? Um, where you look, W... W-Y-L-I-W-Y-G. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's just like driving a car. Like it's... It, a motorcycle. It, it, I learned that on a motorcycle. It comes from driving vehicles. If yeah. you want to get around that parked car, if you look at the parked car as you try to get around it, you can probably hit it. Absolutely. So you can't ignore it. You have to acknowledge it. So, just Kim, just like you, that you went through a process of understanding things and and kind of purging things. We we have our our crap in life that if we ignore, they will build up and they will fester, yeah. and they will explode. That subconscious mind just explodes, and then and, and then we're in trouble. So we acknowledge it, we process it, and. We look where we want to go, but we glance at the problem. Look where you want to go, glance at the problem. I had to learn how to do that, and now that's what I want to help other people do and, and corporations because everybody says, oh, you got to focus more. you got, you got to try and focus better, but nobody explains what focus is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm trying to do the missing link here with Willywig. Nice. Uh, you, you can go through, you can go and read all the self-help books you want. You can take all the courses you want. But if you don't know how to focus, clear your mind and fo and truly focus, then you're not going to absorb and process as much as you want to what you're trying to learn. 
So I want to know, though, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I, um, I feel it- very strong. I, I feel yeah. like I'm in control of my life, even though it's, it's very busy. Uh, I finally have things that I can turn to that make me smile, that, you know, the stress is always going to be there. Sure. But now I have things that, okay, I can go to. I, I can play guitar. I can get up on stage and jam with somebody. Mm-hmm. I can uh, put myself out there for public speaking. I, I've got one coming up uh, next week where I'm a keynote, keynote speaker. Nice. So I've got a lot of really positive things to focus on. Before my surgery, before, especially before um, my, my suicide thoughts, I didn't have anything for me, really. I had, I'd become just swamped with the the sadness, you know, right. the, the failure, yeah. thinking everything was a failure, and and that had become me. So, Kim, you're in in your positive-minded people, inspiring stories of overcoming adversity for living a more positive life. That sounds like a book that you know um, a person in where Craig had been would be very happy to read. Oh, uh, yeah, you now you. You had an issue with your dad. He wasn't around very much, right, Kim, when you were growing up? And perhaps that was part of your problem with the obsession with this boy? It was. Yeah. I mean, there are some things that Craig said that uh, resonated with my story. When he was talking about, um, uh, oh, I don't remember the exact words, Craig, but you were talking about, you know, yeah, filling yourself up with the alcohol or a different substance. And for me, in my story, it was that I didn't realize I had been doing this, but I essentially was wanting someone else to fill me up because I had had this void from my dad not being there. And I didn't realize for a lot of years that I had a void. I thought that, well, you know, how can you miss something if you've never really had it? Um, And, you know, I'm strong. um, You know, I'm not as affected by this. And until, you know, this this friendship, um, you know, it was like an off and on romantic friendship relationship that really, uh, what led me to just completely crumbling until when that crumbled, that's when I realized, Oh, okay. This goes even beyond this situation. This goes all the way back to my dad. And I just finally had to accept that. Yes, I was affected by that. And, um, you know, and that, that healing didn't happen immediately. It certainly happened over several years. Um, um, but it's, you know, it, I mean, I, I, I can't even say that I regret that it happened. I don't wish an experience like that on anybody ever. And I would never want to go through it again, knock on wood. Um, but I have to say, I am, I'm just, I'm glad that I went through it because it really did bring me to a place where I can start to see life differently and I can accept more of who I am, which I think is an ongoing journey. So it's, you know, I don't think it's anything you ever just completely master, but, but yeah, so definitely my dad was a part of the, the story for me. Well, I, you know, sitting back, I can see where, um, this young man, you know, you were best friends and then you mm-hmm. kind of went to the lover territory and then you went back to being best friends mm-hmm. and you went to the lover territory and then he found somebody, he fell in love. Yeah. And so that's almost feeling like an abandonment of your friendship. Yeah. Even like your father felt like an abandonment. you know subconsciously right of course right right yes yeah um well yeah when when 
Yeah, when my friend met someone else and then wasn't really as available for me anymore, because we talked daily. I mean, we were like so close um, that it was so noticeable when he met someone that, oh, wow, like he really met someone. He wasn't, you know, there for me as as often as he used to be. Um, And and vice versa. I was always there for him, too. So, yeah, it it did feel like an abandonment even in that moment. I was very aware of that. Um, It was all this stuff about my dad that really that I had to take a deeper look at as time went on because I had denied some of that. I didn't want to claim that as part of my story. You know, I, I don't want to yeah. be seen as an adult woman with daddy issues. That to me right. is like, you know, like, what? Um, but I had to go, no, Kim, look, it, it, it's okay. It's part of my story. Um, I have healed immensely from it. Well, you reconnected with your father, right? You reconnected with him just for a little bit before, and then he passed on. But that yeah. was really, how was that for you? Oh my goodness, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, it was such a short-lived period. It was kind of a period of two weeks and two months, and um, he died so unexpectedly. He literally died the day after he finally told me that he was sorry for never having oh, been there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was huge. Um, so you got closure. Thank God you got closure. You know what? I will say this. I, I did get a little bit of closure from him in just that one statement, but I would yeah. say the additional closure and healing came from my desire to not let that be the end because here I had lived a whole lifetime of not really feeling like I had a relationship with my dad and now I was in this space where I needed that and when he died I was really angry at him because how could you do this you come back in and we're trying to build something and now you just disappear and so that's when my whole perspective on death and life and all of that just completely shifted because I was so determined to continue this relationship with him. And um, and so, I, you know, this may not be everyone's story, but I absolutely found additional healing after he died. Right. And, it yeah. makes me think of, it makes me think of, um, uh, what, what's her name? Um, uh, just, I just had her and then she went out of my head again. Uh, the singer. And she wrote, she, Clark, she wrote, she wrote the story about her dad, oh, you know, Kelly Clarkson, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Yes. You know, Kelly, it's almost like a Kelly Clarkson story where, you know, yeah. dad left and, yes. and, and now he kind of wants to come back. But, but for Craig, being a dad was everything for you. Like that was the whole role. Like that was everything for you was to be Absolutely. a father. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my kids kept me, kept me alive. You know, it's. And and I go back and you know psychoanalyze my my childhood too, and and that's there's a lot of that in the book too. Where yeah, I'm trying to understand my parents. Uh, my parents were wonderful. I, I love them, and they were always there for me. And uh, but I never I knew they were in love, but I never really saw the physical love between them. But I. But they supported me, and, and that's what I ended up being with my kids. I was there for them all the time. Yeah. We're going to go to another commercial break. Uh, Craig, did you, did you ever see your parents kiss? Ever? Like, peck, kiss, nothing? I think okay. so. Yeah? I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to think about it. We're going to go to a break. We're coming back. It's Frankie Sense and More. Frankie Sense and More will be right back after we pay the bills. The first official 4th of July party was held at the White House in 1801. 
But did you know that countries other than the U.S. celebrate American Independence Day or July 4th? Denmark, Italy, Portugal, and England all have 4th of July parties. In fact, the British celebrate their independence with bungers and fizz gigs, otherwise known as firecrackers, just like in America. Squib is slang for an electric match used in pyrotechnics. Our dog celebrates July 4th every year the same way, by cowering under the bed. Many European celebrations take place, of course, at American military bases. I'd like to send a special thanks to all our armed forces stationed around the world for everything you do to provide freedom and independence to America. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Do you realize that sugar-sweetened beverages are the number one source of calories in the United States? Weight Watchers says so and encourages you to think before you drink. A 12-ounce can contains the equivalent of 10 teaspoons of sugar. Most of us drink one and a half cans a day, which is a roaring 500 cans a year. Drinking one can of regular soda a day can cause you to gain as many as 10 pounds in a year. Even if you drink diet sodas every day, you need to go easy. Every once in a while, it's okay, but drinking sodas daily is not a good choice. Drinking pure water is the best, and green tea is another great idea. It's important to stay hydrated and healthy, so scale back on sodas and choose water instead. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. You know, there's nothing like trial by fire. And when you go through a bad breakup or go uh, experience a bad relationship or the ending of relationships, you you realize and as you think back that there there were some flags there were some red flags there were some things that went on that you ignored for whatever reason and we'll call those our intuition and both of you experienced that um in both of your stories and in not just in your story but in your lives and and yet chose to ignore it um let's start with, with with you craig for a moment why do you think you chose to ignore all the signs that were there and the signs were there Oh, were they? Did you did you think that? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, sign signs I, everywhere. There's signs. How come that's not in your book? <laughs> it should. That's in the next one. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, g- good question because I, I've always been a very intuitive person, but I've also always believed in other people probably too much. I and I don't. I don't want to believe I said that, but it's, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I've been gullible, I've been naive, and this is in hindsight I'm saying that. Sure, at that time, at that time, I didn't, you know, sure, I saw, I saw some things, and, you know, it's not even with, with the marriage, it's, it's with work, you know, there, there's a yeah. lot of work issues, there's, there's there's a lot of different issues from all different angles where I would see this sign and I would just think nah no nah, I don't I don't believe that uh, you, you know I, I I give the benefit of the doubt to the person and and then maybe it's that I just don't believe in myself enough right uh, and and that was 
you know, to go back psychologically to my childhood and even in baseball, like, like in, in baseball, I was one of the best around, yet some of the coaches just made jokes out of me and, and uh, you know, threatened me, you know, verbally, you know, that, that emotional abuse back then. And I, I don't know why. Maybe it, maybe it was because I was a big guy. I was six feet tall when I was in grade five. Wow. So wow. Um, I, I don't know what, but. So what about today? Can you hear us? What about today? Like, to, are you using your intuition today? Yes, yes, I am, because I've never believed in myself more than I believe in right now. Good answer. Uh, I've, well, like, to have this book, to be to be able to do this, this was a four-and-a-half-year project, 170,000 words. It's it's a brilliant book, if I don't, I'm going to say that, because it, it, it is. There's very, there's very few books that I've ever seen that come close to the creativity of this one. And, and it's an adventure. And, and I'm so proud of it. You should be. I, I know I'm, I'm proud of my public speaking. I'm, I make a difference. I make a difference with my volunteering. I can get up there and entertain people and, and with guitar and with singing. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's rocking in my life. And, right. and I built that. Right. So but we're talking so about I'm, intuition right now. So yes. I'm going to ask Kim about her intuition. And Sorry, you, you, that's okay. That's why I'm here. Kim, like you <laughs> had signs, you, you were getting nudges, uh, and you chose to ignore them. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, the whole, the whole element of intuition, I mean, that's the name of my chapter. And yet it, it was nowhere in my realm of awareness at the time, you know, that this whole story was going on in my life. So, um, yeah, I ultimately was in a space, you know, my, okay. So the, where, where my intuition comes in into the story is that I knew from day one that me and this friend weren't meant to be anything more than friends. Right. And yet for about four years, I kept thinking that I needed to, I, that I needed to allow it to be something more that don't be so picky, Kim. He really likes you. And there's, you have a lot of great chemistry, you know, come on, can't we make this work? Mm-hmm. And so I kept, but literally day one, the first day I met this person, I just instantly knew okay, yeah, no, we're not meant to be romantic, but we could be fantastic friends. Right. And so the, the fact that I continued for four years to try and change that, um, that's what led to this breakdown. I, I say in the book that when I didn't listen, life got louder. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I've learned. I mean, we're constantly being given signs and nudges left and right, and they seem so subtle, but the more and more we don't listen, they will get louder and louder and louder. And... So, I, yeah, I, I practice now going, oh, wait, I think that was something. Let <laughs> me pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah, or else you end up in a hospital for six months like oh, me. Not that <laughs> oh, not that way. Because the universe you. will get its message across to you however it needs yes. to, and that's yes. for sure. So today, um, you know, practicing intuition, practicing going with that first voice, hearing that first voice, uh, and, and usually we hear the first voice and we fall back on the second and we go, no, that mm-hmm. was the right one. Uh, yeah. But we all know that the first one was really the right one. It might not be the one that we wanted to hear. Um, I know, Craig, that you have, you know, through the book, I know that in choosing new relationships, you've kind of not listened to intuition. And and Kim, I don't know if with your husband, like you just mentioned that you've gone through a divorce. So, you know, did you not listen again or was this <laughs> something that was 
here's the thing as coaches and people who want to help people. And I know, I know myself because I went through it. We were, um, I call it the neon sign over a head. Come here because we'll help you. We like to help mm. you. And so you attract a certain person who needs help, right? And and they're disguised in so many ways. Like some, you know, might be uh, somebody who overtly goes, help me, help me. Or, or they could seem very strong, but they really need your help. You to be the mom or the dad for them or whatever the case might be. Um, are you still wearing that sign? Have you recognized that it's there and can you get rid of it? What, what do you guys think? Jump in. Um, wearing this, wearing the sign of, of that I can help anybody. Is that what, well, you know, as a coach, like you're open for business, right? The, the yeah. sign is there, but right. it, it happens in life too. It happens in your personal life too, because sometimes we forget to take it off or right. because oh, we're so yeah. used to being a giver that, you know, you just yeah. keep on giving. And you don't need that or want that necessarily in your personal life. Oh, you know, I just recently um, started dating again. And, yes, that happened within these few dates with this person. Yeah. And I had to finally say, okay, Kim, nope, nope, we, we know when to cut it off now. We know how to read the signs. And um, I am not a coach for this person. I'm not his therapist. That's right. <laughs> so, and, uh, it, yeah, it can go you. that way so easily, can it? So it easily. does, yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah I, well, one of the hardest things we have to sometimes learn is to say no in a nice way. Yeah. You know, and and that's even to ourselves. You know, just okay. Th this can't go on like this. I, I get this feeling already. You know, you've learned something. You know, mm -hmm. with what you've gone through. Uh, you know, take that lesson, and and think of yourself a little bit more. It's it's okay to be selfish. It is okay nice to be way. selfish in a nice way. Absolutely. I think it's really important to be selfish. You know, we come into this world alone. We leave it alone. And everything in between is about us. It really yes. is. Right? And, yep. you know, whether we're here for somebody else or they're here for us temporarily or long term, um, it's still about us. And we yeah. have our journey and our life and our learning to go through. And people go, well, that's so selfish. But it's not. It's self-love. It's not it selfish. I think that's what led to my breakdown is because I kept placing my focus on other people. But when you make other people, you know, be your rock or be your foundation, what happens when those other people choose to leave? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's what I had to learn. Like, no, 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 I've got to, I've got to fill me up first and then I can bring someone else on this journey with me. Yeah. So yeah, that's what mine was about. You got so. two legs and two feet and you know where to go, right? Yeah. 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 Frankie, the beginning of my book, you know, like I break it up into five parts, right? Yeah. The, the, um, the audition, the rehearsal, the first set, second set, third set. But at the very beginning, uh, I have this quote here from Steve Bowe, and it's God's gift to us is more talent and ability than we'll ever hope to see in our lifetime. Our gift mm -hmm. to God is to develop as much of that talent and ability as we can in this lifetime. Yeah. And that's taking care of ourselves. You know, yeah. we have we have to always make ourselves number one, especially if we want to be there for other people. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I think that's what it's all about. You know, um, and and we are given more gifts that, than we recognize and realize, and we have so much that we can be working on on ourselves, but it's we get easily distracted. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Easily distracted. Yeah. Easily distracted. As Kim was, just a second. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, there is so much that we can constantly be working on ourselves, you know, to improve and enhance. And at the same time, for myself, I have to go, wait a second, Kim, just focus on this for now, or, or just right. focus on this for now and allow that to be enough. Because otherwise, I can start to feel that I'm not enough if I haven't mastered everything all at the same time. Yeah. So, I just want to give out, wait one second, because we got three minutes left, and I want to make sure I give out your websites and stuff. So um, you've been listening to Kim O'Neill, and if you want to email Kim, it's Kim O'Neill, and that's O-N-E-I-L-L at Outlook.com. And the website for the book is uh, PositiveMindedPeople.com. And Craig, alternatively, is um, www.craigdubecki.com. And if you, do you want people to email you, Craig, or not? Sure. Okay, give out your email. Sure. It's um, Craig. Uh, well, yeah, I've I've got two, but they can do okay. um, Craig DeBecky. Uh, Craig at CraigDebecky dot com. Okay, that's great. And um, I just want to make sure that I got that out before before the end thank of the you. show. And I want to make sure that I thank the both of you for coming on the show because you're terrific, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. You're awesome. I'm just so excited for, for you know, your book to, to finally come out, Kim, and for everybody to read that story. Because, you know, it's, I, I feel very strongly about putting positive energy into the world. There's so much negativity out there right now. Yeah. And people think everything is negative. It's not. It's just that you don't hear the other side. You That's don't hear right. the positive yes. stuff. It is balanced, but so it's up to each one of us to continue to put positive minded things out into the atmosphere so the universe so that um you know we, we yes. keep that balance and keep good the fight for good over so the true. fight for bad yeah thank you frankie i agree thank you for what you do thank you and so um, any any last words from either of you we got like about a minute and a bit anybody want to say anything well <laughs> yeah, I I, i'm looking like to... you go, go ahead, ahead Kim. you go <laughs> Okay, I would just like to remind people anything that they're going through right now, I mean, just to know that even though you may not understand what the, the bigger purpose or lesson is while you're in the moment, that something greater will come out of it. And I just, I, you know, if, if that can bring anybody hope in the midst of any chaos they're going through, then, then that's, that's all I want to leave people with is just to know that, it, you know, everything is temporary and things do get better. So true. I'm so sorry. We are out of time. You've been listening to Frankie Sensenmore, and if you um, want to come back next week, you know you're always going to find amazing people. And if you want to contact these two, we've given them your addresses and everything within the show notes. So please reach out to them and get their books because they are fantastic. Really, really good. Thank you again, the two of you, Craig DeBecky, Kim O'Neill, for coming Thank on the you. show. It has been my pleasure to speak with you today. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Ben. Thank you. You take care. Shit, now you, she the one way to turn.